Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, crisis averted, and for now, the government stays open. But the president's agenda is on life support. Can members of his own party come to an agreement on how much to spend on President Biden's domestic priorities? Democrats divided. At the 11th hour, West Virginia's Joe Manchin reveals a new plan with a cheaper price tag. But can he get progressives on board? Threats to school boards. Tonight, the stunning request asking for help from the FBI to crack down on unruly behavior from parents because of COVID rules. Toxic for teenage girls. A top Facebook executive is grilled. Why one senator compares Instagram to big tobacco, pushing a product they know is harmful. It's designed for addiction. Afghan evacuees. Our first look inside an army base for more than 12,000 Afghans are staying after fleeing their homeland. Eye on America. What climate change is doing to the Great Lakes region. So this is the, uh, the road to nowhere. It is. Tonight, the fear it could happen next in cities like Chicago, Milwaukee, and Detroit. Volcanic eruption. Hawaii's Mount Kilauea sends lava as high as 100 feet. And meet the Afghan baby, lifted to safety by a U.S. Marine in Afghanistan. We'll introduce you to her family. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this busy Thursday here in the nation's capital. With just hours before the deadline, Congress voted to avoid a shutdown. And while that's good news, the crisis for the Democratic Party remains. That's because President Biden's domestic agenda is on the line. Progressives in the House say they won't vote for the bipartisan infrastructure plan to spend a trillion dollars to fix our nation's roads, rails and bridges, unless a much bigger social safety net bill is passed at the same time. Now, that three and a half trillion dollar bill includes programs like child care, universal pre-K and other initiatives. There is a joke here in Washington that creating legislation is like making sausage. And tonight, the White House press secretary points out it's messy. Right now, there's plenty of talk and no hint of a compromise. We're going to break down all the moving parts with our team, starting with CBS's Nicole Killian, who leads us off from the Capitol. Good evening, Nicole. Good evening, Nora. And avoiding a government shutdown was the least of lawmakers' worries today as they now deal with another major deadline to try to deliver on one of President Biden's key priorities. The motion is adopted. On the brink of a possible shutdown, the House and Senate passed a bill to keep the government open through December 3rd, sparing thousands of federal workers from being furloughed. The last thing the American people need is for the government to grind to a halt. Instead, intransigence over infrastructure threatened to stall President Biden's agenda. The way the president sees it is that uh, this is an ongoing discussion, an ongoing negotiation. House Democrats spent the better part of the day trying to round up votes to make good on a $1.2 trillion bipartisan bill to pay for shovel-ready projects to repair roads, rails and bridges. I plan on moving forward in a positive way, and everybody has to think that this is the path we're on. Progressives maintain their opposition to the measure until a larger social spending package that encompasses everything from climate to child care can get done in both chambers. We are ready to do whatever we can to deliver the entirety of the president's agenda. But they want to keep the price tag at $3.5 trillion. Butting heads with moderate senators like Arizona's Kirsten Cinema and West Virginia's Joe Manchin, who says he won't go above 1.5, a number he says he's floated to the president and Democratic leaders. What do you say to people who feel you and Senator Cinema are holding this whole thing up? I'm not holding it. You know, we only have 50 votes. Basically, take whatever we don't aren't able to come to agreement with today. And take that on the campaign trail next year. If the senator thinks electing more Democrats is how you get it done, uh, then that is something he should state to the president because this is the president's agenda. This evening, Democratic aides are huddled with White House advisors to try to craft a compromise that will satisfy all sides. And if that happens, that could potentially pave the way for a vote on that smaller infrastructure package tonight. Nora. Nicole Killian, thank you. And we want to bring in CBS's Major Garrett. And so, Major, people want to know what's going on. But, I mean, on this issue, the president's big agenda, it's Democrats in his own party that are foiling things. Right. And the big picture is huge agenda, small majorities for the Democrats. Razor thin in the House, 50-50 in the Senate, which means Democrats have to lock arms. Defections mean defeat. Progressives in the House have the power to kill the infrastructure bill. And moderate Democrats in the Senate, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, have the power to kill the Build Back Better agenda. House Democratic leaders and Senate Democratic leaders are like, can't we skip all that part? Can't we just skip the near-death experience, huddle together, and build something out that is close to what the president has proposed and satisfies everyone? 
That's the big problem, Nora. You can't satisfy all Democrats right now. They're still quarrelsome. So there's a lot. This would be historic anyway. You know, fixing roads and bridges and rails and high-speed Internet, over a trillion dollars. It's amazing there's Republicans and Democrats agree on that. So why isn't President Biden out there lobbying on this other package, his own party? So you have two pieces of legislation, infrastructure and build back better, Nora. Both are more popular in the polls than President Biden currently is. He's about 43. They're both, both about 60. So he needs them to pass to lift himself up. Why? Because he's taken a hit on Afghanistan, inflation, border crisis, pandemic. So he's sort of letting the legislative process build out, deferring to Nancy Pelosi, the speaker, Chuck Schumer, the majority leader in the Senate, to work it out, fearing that if he gets too involved, he'll pull these things down in popularity, not enhance them. He needs them to lift him up. So he and the White House are quietly trying to urge them to compromise, but not using the big gun to the bully pulpit of the White House, because they're not sure it would work. All right. Let's see how it turns out. Major Garrett, thank you. Well, tonight, the National School Board Association is taking extraordinary action, sending an SOS to the White House and law enforcement. Members have been berated at meetings and threatened online over COVID safety protocols. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. School board officials are calling for help tonight. You cowards. Following increasingly violent incidents like this in Minnesota. A man complimenting school board members during a debate over masks, who's then charged by an unmasked man. Writing to President Biden, the National School Boards Association asked for help investigating the violent incidents and suggested the FBI monitor threats to board members, likening these heinous actions to domestic terrorism. The impact of the pandemic on public schools is creating this, all this heightened rhetoric around the nation. And unfortunately, in some places, it's leading to threats and actual incidents of violence. Former Nevada School Board member Kurt Thigpen said that he resigned after the constant harassment over email, phone, and social media made him think about suicide. He cited the January 6th insurrection as a trigger for the unruly behavior. They were coming after me and my colleagues consistently every day. Um, through multiple mediums, they saw me as a target for their hate. The White House responding today to the school board letter, saying that they're looking at what more the administration can do. And obviously, these threats to school board members is uh, horrible. They're doing their jobs. Obviously, local police are still going to have a presence at these very contentious, sometimes violent school board meetings. But what school officials nationwide want is for the feds to provide some level of intel that will give them some sense of what kind of threats are heading their way. Nora. Jeff Gaze, thank you. Social media giant Facebook is under fire, and today a top executive was in the Senate hot seat over a recent report that showed Facebook's Instagram app can be toxic for teens, especially girls. We get more now from CBS's Carter Evans. Instagram is that first childhood cigarette. Facebook is in the process of hiding. In a rare show of bipartisanship, lawmakers hammered Facebook. How can parents trust you? Using the company's own data against it, leaked research indicated about a third of teen girls who already feel bad about their bodies say Facebook's Instagram makes them feel even worse. This research is a bombshell. I ask you to commit that you will make full disclosure all of the thousands of pages of documents. We are looking for ways to release more research. Facebook's global head of security, Antigone Davis, testified a day after the company 
did release more research showing that roughly 40 percent of users in the U.S. say their ideas of a perfect image, feeling attractive and having enough money, started on Instagram. She says lawmakers are focusing on the wrong information. We found that more teen girls actually find Instagram helpful than not. Today, Senator Richard Blumenthal said his office set up an Instagram account for a fake 13-year-old girl. Within a day, its recommendations were exclusively filled with accounts that promote self-injury and eating disorders. It can make me feel pretty insecure and not very confident in my own body. 17-year-old Destiny Ramos joined Instagram when she was in eighth grade. Could you stop it if you wanted to? I think I could. But I think I would not like it at all. It's designed for addiction. Tristan Harris is a tech ethicist. Instagram focuses on bodies and lifestyles. That creates these feelings of social comparison. Right now, this business model is cancerous for teenage mental health. And next week, a whistleblower is expected to testify. It could expose more about what Facebook knew, when they knew it, and what they did about it. Earlier this week, the company paused development on a new Instagram app aimed at kids 10 to 12 years old. Nora? Yeah, and first, that whistleblower is going to be on 60 Minutes. Carter Evans, thank you. Fewer undocumented immigrants will face arrest under new rules unveiled today by the Biden administration. Authorities are now being told to pursue only those migrants who've entered the U.S. illegally since last November or those considered a threat to public safety. That's a major change from the Trump policy of apprehending anyone in this country illegally. All right, tonight we're getting our first look inside a U.S. military base that's housing evacuees from Afghanistan. It's one of eight bases helping more than 60,000 Afghans resettle. CBS's Nancy Chen reports on how their lives have changed since fleeing their homeland. Surrounded by miles of farmland and cornfields, this is where life in America begins for nearly 13,000 Afghan evacuees. Today, we were allowed inside Fort McCoy in Wisconsin, which houses the largest Afghan evacuee population in the U.S. It's a chance for a life of freedom after desperately escaping the brutal rule of the Taliban. Before uh, coming to Taliban, I have a good uh, life to end Afghanistan. 24-year-old Farzana Mohammadi is ready for her new future. A former member of the Afghan women's Paralympic wheelchair basketball team, she believes if she stayed, life as she knew it would have been over. I can't go to the basketball. I can't go to the uh, outside of my home because Taliban not let the, uh, every woman go to the outside. Many families arrive with nothing but the clothes on their backs. Base officials say there is now ample access to donated clothing, English classes, and health care, including 29,000 COVID shots over the past five days. 1,500 soldiers provide security. Earlier this month, two evacuees were charged with assault and sexual abuse. When the Taliban came, arrived in central part of our, our country, Afghanistan, in Kabul, we felt uh, unsafe for ourselves. We feel the Amanis fled Kabul with their five children. Now, 24-year-old Najibullah teaches a boxing class for men and women on base, as the family hopes for a better future. And at this point, there's not a clear timeline on when these families will be able to leave for their permanent homes, but they are expected to resettle across the country, Nora. All right, Nancy Chen, thank you. 
Well, tonight we're taking an in-depth look at the effects of climate change on America's Great Lakes. A new study finds children born today will feel nearly three times the severe impacts of climate change than their grandparents as droughts, floods and storms increase in intensity. Now, this is forcing the 26 million Americans who live along the five Great Lakes to come up with unique solutions. CBS's Ben Tracy has tonight's Eye on America, the great change along the Great Lakes. You are not going to beat Mother Nature. This is really an example of the force of the lake. When you live along a Great Lake named Superior, you never forget who has the upper hand. And the lake wins every time. Dennis Stankiewicz is planning director for the city of Marquette on Michigan's Upper Peninsula. So this is the, uh, the road to nowhere. It is. This shattered stretch of road used to be Lakeshore Boulevard. Lake erosion really got the best of it, but ultimately it failed because nature caught up with us. The solution was expensive, nearly $3 million to rebuild the road 300 feet away from its increasingly unpredictable neighbor. The intensity of the storms have really increased. More intense storms fueled by climate change are battering shorelines in cities throughout the Great Lakes, pulling the land right out from under some homes. Cities like Chicago, Milwaukee, Detroit, Cleveland, they all have to adapt to this. Melissa Scanlon is director of the Center for Water Policy at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. The city sits on another Great Lake, Michigan, which has swung from record low water levels in 2013 to record highs the past few years. So it's normal for the Great Lakes to rise and fall. How is that cycle changing? The highs are getting higher and the lows are getting lower. I'm most concerned about flooding and sewage contaminating the drinking water supply for millions of people. When intense storms overwhelm Milwaukee's stormwater systems, sewage can get dumped into Lake Michigan. And what we're trying to do is instead of speeding up the water, slow it down. Kevin Schaefer runs the area's sewerage district. It is replacing concrete channels built in the 1960s with more natural creeks to try to prevent future flooding. Do you think cities around the Great Lakes are prepared for what's coming? None of us are. But with access to so much fresh water, the Great Lakes region is still considered something of a climate haven. Dennis Stackowitz says with the right solutions, they hope to weather the storm. Change is occurring, and we probably need to prepare for it. For Eye on America, Ben Tracy, CBS News, Marquette, Michigan. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hawaii's Mount Kilauea volcano is erupting again. For now, lava is staying within the crater, and the only threat to people in the area is high levels of volcanic gas. You may recall Kilauea destroyed more than 700 homes when it erupted for months back in 2018. 
All right, tonight a stretch of Southern California beach has been returned to the descendants of its rightful owners. Bruce's Beach, once a thriving resort for black families, was owned by Willa and Charles Bruce until it was seized by the town of Manhattan Beach in 1924. Historical records show the beach was taken only because its owners and those who used it were black. One image from the Kabul airport evacuation is seared into our memory. An Afghan baby lifted to safety by a U.S. Marine. Well, tonight, that baby is safe with her parents in Arizona. And Jared Dillingham of our Phoenix affiliate, KPHO, has their remarkable story. This nine-second video became a symbol of the desperation engulfing the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. A 16-day-old girl is passed over razor wire to a U.S. Marine at the airport in Kabul. The baby's name is Leah. Her father, Hamid, is on the other side, about to see his daughter for the first time. He missed her birth because he was assisting the U.S. with evacuations, unable to leave the airport. How long did you get to hold her? Two minutes, maybe. Hamid says he handed Leah over to another soldier, then focused on saving his wife, Sadia. During her dangerous journey to escape the country, the Taliban had robbed her of absolutely everything, even her shoes. That day, I, I handed over my baby to a total stranger, but the only thing I trusted was that he was a Marine, and my daughter will be fine. Leah is fine now. She's eight weeks old, safe in Phoenix with her parents. They don't have much more than the clothes on their backs, but they certainly have their treasure. What do you think you'll tell her when she's old enough? Well, I'll tell her she's a fighter. (laughs) She made it through the worst of the time, the beginning of her life. So that's why I'm thinking to put Marina at her middle name. (laughs) Jared Dillingham for CBS News, Phoenix. Tomorrow, Marines to the rescue. CBS's Steve Hartman has their unexpected mission when he goes on the road. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.